Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 How's that? Welcome to uh, this episode of Shoplifting. Uh, my name's Liv Siddle and I'm joined today by Martha Wainwright. Hello, Martha. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Fully shoplifted. <laughs> How was your experience of shoplifting? Very satisfying. I can see why people get addicted to it. Yeah. <laughs> How are you enjoying being in London on what is the rainiest day we've had in probably about six months? Wow. London, rainy. Imagine that. Would never have thought it. <laughs> Well, it took me an ex- some extra time to get here. I flew in from Montreal and there was snow there. So mm. everything's all topsy-turvy, I guess. Did you have a nice Christmas and New Year? Well, yes. Yes, I did. I have two small children. And so that's really what it's about now. Not so much New Year's. New Year's, I still managed to do mushrooms. But because um, <laughs> we're in bed safe with uh, more responsible adults. But the children were, uh, for Christmas, were, you know, it was it was about, it's it's kind of amazing. Um you know the the uh, their vision of it is really nice yeah it does make a difference having them around yeah it does yeah. cool um so you released an album in november mm-hmm. good night city yeah can you um tell us a little bit about the album for anyone that doesn't know i mean i've got lots of questions about it but maybe Great. you could just sum it up first in your sure. own words sure well um it's the first record of my first solo record in in four years um Although um, half the songs on it I didn't write. I, I wrote half. The other half are written by friends and family, people that I that I asked to write songs sort of specifically for me or with me in mind. And so they almost sound like I could have written them, except that you also hear the artists who wrote them in the songs. So it has, you know, the songs, um, there's a song by Meryl Garbus of Tune Yards, and you really hear her. And there's a song by my brother and Rufus Wainwright, and you really hear his influence. Um, Glenn Hansard, Beth Orton, and um, it's a, it's a, I, I love the record. It, it's been uh, just over 10 years since my first record came out, and it's sort of like a, I find there's a similarity. You know, one, the first record I put, I put out when I was 28, and I think it was a real, um, really good representation of a, a young woman at that age, somewhere around 30. And this is the same case, uh, the same woman 10 years later, essentially, around 40. And 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 I see the similarities, but also the changes in the evolution. You know, and I, that's what I find kind of interesting about it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I was a big fan of your last album, but also just hearing this one, especially today, I've listened to it a lot and in the last week in preparation for this. And it just seems like you're absolutely right. It is 10 years later and it's yeah. just got this amazing sound behind it. But I was just fascinated about the idea that you would go to people yeah. and ask them to send you a song. Did you set a kind of brief for that or did you just... Well, the the idea was from from one of the producers, a guy called Thomas Bartlett, who's an amazing artist and is own right. He he makes records under the name Dove Man, and um and he's a great piano player. And um, what happened is that I had a second child and became very busy, you know, with that and my home life, and I was concerned for not having enough material for an album. And and so he suggested that we do a whole record of other people other people's songs written for me to sort of highlight or showcase my singing ability or, you know, my voice. And and um, and the it turns out that, you know, a lot of the songs that we got, some of them weren't that great. <laughs> well, only because, you know, if you write a really great song, 
you might want to keep it for yourself mm-hmm. or you might want to have like Rihanna sing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Someone who's going to like really make you more famous. <laughs> and I totally understand that instinct. I was just trying to take advantage of these other songwriters who perhaps have had some more success than I have in songwriting and try and <laughs> use their your their fame and their talent to 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 you know, advance my own career, which I which I think I, I did with the choices <laughs> that I made. So in, while looking through all these songs and asking people, I had started to write my own songs and I, I and I wrote a bunch that I thought were really, really strong. And then so then I was able to take the to take the six of the other songwriter songs that really reflected me the best and that mm-hmm. I thought were the strongest and we fuse it together. And at first I wasn't sure whether it was going to work, but really it, it kind of does work because I've. I am a singer-songwriter primarily, but I've also always been an interpreter of song mm-hmm. and more of sort of a singer-type person, and so th- you, that really shows on this record. Yeah, and the kind of nature of collaboration in general and kind of yeah. opening yourself out to other people. And opening yourself up in general. I mean, my my records in the past have um, been very autobiographical, and very navel-gazing, and it's kind of intense. You know, 14 Martha Wainwright songs can, can be kind of a bit <laughs> overwhelming sometimes. I like it. It's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot, you know. So this the, this record, although it still has a gravitas, but there's a there's a little bit more of a light a lightness and and or maybe a more of a hopefulness. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, there's it's more forward gazing. The songs are not so pained, um, and they're about other people, and namely my my kids. You know? oh, okay, yeah. I really liked um, the track. In fact, I I had your album. Um, on shuffle on Spotify recently, I was trying to play a game with myself, trying to work out whose songs was whose. Mm, yeah. And hearing Francis, which yeah. I later found out was Rufus's yeah. song. Yeah. I was yeah. listening to that and I was like, I swear this is Rufus because it just kind yeah. of, it's got him in it, but then you just completely transform it into something totally new, which is just, I think it's a great idea for yeah. a record. Uh, yeah, it's almost like we're doing a duet. And I think, you know, especially with Rufus and I, where people either, some some people like both of us, some people really only like Rufus and don't like me and vice versa. And, but it is kind of a wet dream for the fans who people who do like both of us. So we sort of become one artist. Sick. A wet dream for the fans. That's what I'm here for. That's what we're all here for. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, the album's fantastic. But we're actually here to talk about other yeah. people's albums. Really? Uh, yeah, okay. unfortunately. I picked seven of my own albums. <laughs> no one's done that yet. Maybe that would be so funny if they just came in there with their own albums. Oh my God. <laughs> but completely seriously. Oh, yeah, no, of course, you'd have to. Yeah. I'm sure they all want to. <laughs> I bet they do. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have to go through uh, the five. Well, actually, you've picked, is it seven records? Yeah, I picked, picked a few here. more, but we we don't have to look at all of them. We can. It'd be quite nice to. Yeah. Um, I hate these two. That's why I'm not just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was the first one that you picked out today? Well, I just, I'll just i just take the one off the top. And, and I picked out um, Craftwork, The Man Machine, and... Uh, the reason I I did that is that you know I had heard of craft work and knew about their music and it was kind of like you know you know as a as an art band and as this kind of representation of this really wacky sound and 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 show but um, they had an anniversary not long ago and they presented at the MoMA in New York City and um, I got to see them live. I think there's two original members. There's wow. other two that the other two are newer members and it was completely amazing and they did their they did um, this record The Man Machine and then and then they did um, the one that has Autobahn on it which is like their big hit and then 
uh, I was asked by the museum to, along with Yuka Honda, um, who is from Chibomato, and I don't know if your listeners know them, but they're amazing, and um, she produced my last record, too. And we were asked to play a few of their songs, and we covered this song, oh, Man wow. Machine, and I did a version on the acoustic guitar, and it was just really fun to... You know, normally I would sing other people, you know, other songwriters' songs, but to take to take this music and to find a way into yeah. it was really an exciting an exciting process. And I want to hear that. Really, it rocked. I don't know. It would be maybe someone taped it on their phone. I'd have to, you know, it might be hard to find, but it was really pretty neat out at PS1 in Brooklyn, in Queens, which is the sort of little sister museum to, to MoMA in this, um, in this bubble... It was. I felt really arty. I just felt really good. So I was. I really enjoyed discovering their music. It's good to feel arty, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Makes yes. it all all right. Were you living in New York then, or? Yeah, I was living in New York. I most. I um. I moved back to Montreal about uh, almost three years ago to have um uh, my second child. But we still keep a house there. I have a um a brownstone in Bed Stuy, and I Great. have like three nice girls who are much nicer than I ever was like living in little rooms and they take care of the house and I oh. have my room and the kids have their room and so that covers a mortgage and they're very lovely and they have jobs and 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 all that that know. sounds like a pretty good deal yeah it's sweet that's really sweet great um which of the tracks on that Kraftwerk album would you like to play today well let's do the one that I covered the man machine and then maybe some of your listeners will try and find my version
Wasn't that great? <laughs> totally innovative, you know, and um, innovative the way my version is too. No, but <laughs> no, it's it's an it, it's totally fun, you know, and totally um, artistic. I find, you know. Yeah, I think doing anyone doing cover versions is always pretty special. Are there yeah. any that you've done over your career that you remember particularly fondly? Well, I mean, we can. Um, there's another record that I picked. Oh, we can segue we, we, nicely. Exactly. Wow, we are. You can tell we've done this maybe once or twice. But um, I, I picked this record because I love this artist, Towns Van Zant. But mm. the, the title of this record is Our Mother the Mountain, which I covered um, with my sister, Lucy Wainwright Roach. We made a record um, about a year and a half ago, two years. Yeah, like a year and a half ago it came out. We did a show in London at this great church. My God, I'm going to. St. James, perhaps, I think it's called, near Shepherd's Bush. And um, um, we did a an album, the two of us, called Songs in the Dark. We had never sung, sung before, really, and it's just two voices, two guitars, and um, done in a, a, a literally a cabin in the woods. I know that sounds like it's not true, but it is true. Wow. And... Um, um, this is one of the songs we covered, and the the uh, the concept of the record was to do kind of creepy, morbid lullabies. Cool. Um, because I they helped me a lot, you know, 
try and put my kids to sleep. And, <laughs> and, and just listening to music with, with your kids can be really devastatingly painful because children's albums are so awful. So it's nice when you can find something that as everyone can enjoy. And Our Mother the Mountain is, a, is an incredible song. And just specifically, Towns Van Zandt as an artist is such a beautiful artist and a beautiful soul and um, just super hip and cool. Yeah, he's pretty magic. Yeah. What kind of um, what kind of other music do you try and make your children enjoy? <laughs> other than my own, uh, it's very funny. At one point, I was uh, singing to um, the the youngest one when when he was a baby. His name is Francis Valentine, and I was, you know, you know, sort of carrying Holt, carrying him, and sort of rocking him from side to side and singing him some lullaby, maybe something that my mother sang to me or something. And this little hand came up and covered my mouth <laughs> to stop me. <laughs> and she's like, oh, like, she's like, shut up. I'm not interested. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> Please desist. Stop. <laughs> and then another time I was in, uh, we were in Greece uh, at, at uh, um, um, Leonard Cohen's house. And I'm, I'm going to name drop here because I can't. <laughs> and uh, we, I, we were there. I was there with Rufus. And Rufus had his, my, Rufus, my brother, had his daughter, Viva, who was kind of, who was quite young. I had my kids. And uh, and Rufus was was singing to his daughter, but he was singing to her like super loudly, like ah! <laughs> like trying to put her to sleep, but like singing like opera on like ten. I was like, Rufus, I don't think that's the point. It's not a performance. <laughs> but he couldn't get his head around that. <laughs> Yelling at this poor baby. These poor children are tortured. Anyway, uh, back to the track. Yeah, back to the track. Could you please introduce the Towns Van Zandt song as if you were uh, a professional radio DJ? Hi, you're listening to Rough Trade Music, and now we're going to listen to Our Mother the Mountain by Towns Van Zandt. My lover comes to me with a rose on her bosom Moon's dancing purple all through her black hair And her ladies in waiting She'll stand neath my window And the sun will rise soon On the false and the fair Sing a tune Allure a lie Tells me she comes from my mother, the mountain And her skin fits her tightly and her lips do not lie She silently slips from her throat a medallion Slowly she twirls it in front of my eye Sing it to I watch her, I love her, and I long for to touch her The satin she's wearing is shimmer and blue And outside my window, her ladies are sleeping My dogs are gone hunting the howling is through Sing it to 
Across the room, she stands in the window and screams at my firstborn will surely be blind. Sing it to Allure Then she throws herself out to the black of the nightfall. She's parted her lips. But she makes not a sound I fly down the stairway And I run to the garden No trace of my true love Is there to be found Sing it to Allure Lyle So walk these hills lightly and watch who you're loving By our mother, the mountain, I swear that it's true And love not a woman with hair black as midnight And a dress made of satin all shimmer and blue Sing it to Oh, my lover comes to me with a rose on her bosom The moon's dancing purple all through her black hair And her ladies in waiting shall stand neath my window And the sun will rise soon on the false and the fair Okay, so what have we next? Okay, well, this one is, you know, I figured I had to pick something that's sort of the, um, the, 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 the thing that changed, you know, changed my life maybe as a, as a young person, as a young adult. And when I moved down to New York City uh, when I was 20, 21, um, and I moved into this flat um, on Metropolitan Avenue in Williamsburg um, in 1999, I guess it was, and um, with these crazy wonderful people um one girl english mercedes grower she lives back here now another guy irish philip marshall and we were just we were just totally wild and it was like completely bohemian and um um our little living situation and this record was just on repeat all the time and uh television marky moon and the title track primarily and we would go out drinking and hanging out and did a fair bit of drugs too and come back to the apartment and um, listen to this song, Marky Moon, sort of in, as a kind of a religious experience. And um, it just kind of opened up my eyes to to a sound that I didn't, you know, having come from folk music mostly, I didn't really know it that much, mm -hmm. as much sort of a heavier type of music. And anyway, so I just... When I saw it, I, I thought of it. And I got to open up for these guys um, 
years later wow. in New York. Um, and they were assholes, but, you know, that's all right. <laughs> that's fine. Jerks. I guess that area of New York has changed a lot. I mean, I'd love yeah. to see what Metropolitan Avenue was like in yeah. 1999. Yeah. It wasn't even that long ago, but... Well, it was for that neighborhood. Mm. You know, that that was sort of the beginning of the, the, the total shift. And, um, you know, it, Metropolitan Avenue still had a lot of, like, crack addicts and, mm. you know, um, Hasidic people on the corners trying to pick up crack addicts. And, you know, there was definitely a lot much edgier and much more dangerous, certainly. But um, I guess all of New York was like that. And um, so, it, you know, it's just more New York City has become more like everywhere else. You know, it's Starbucks and banks and, mm. you know. A bit like here. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not the, the cultural mecca um, for artists that it used to be because it's impossible to live there. It's too expensive yeah. you know, unless you live further out, you know. Are there any cities that you think now have kind of got the right idea and are, and are managing to, you know, keep that cultural vibe flying throughout it without succumbing to the Starbucks and the banks and it's stuff. It's really hard not to succumb, to succumb to it because even in town that's sort of smaller and, and, and like hipstery like Portland, they have to succumb to it in their own way because money is so important, mm-hmm. you know. So they have, you know, it's all, it seems branding seems to be very popular. But um, I have to say, you know, and I, and I don't, I don't want to just promote my own, my hometown, but returning to Montreal, which is a smaller city, which is not quite as much on the map, which is a young person city, um, and that's really inexpensive to live, it still garners that kind of weirdness, you know, and yeah. a lot of young people making music that's very odd and, and as a bit under the radio radar, and what that what that allows is kind of creativity to flourish, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, let's all move to Montreal then. Yeah, come on. <laughs> See you in a bit. <laughs> Might want to skip this month. <laughs> um, so to remind you of 1999 in um, what was the road again? Metropolitan Avenue. Avenue. Yeah. Um, and taking drugs and drinking loads. Yeah. Uh, you can introduce the song. Yeah, this is Television with Marky Moon.
Okay, so that was Marky Moon by Television. Yeah. Fantastic song. It is amazing. You can't yeah. not like that song. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's very um, addictive. Yeah, straight exactly. Away. Yeah. And whenever it comes on in any kind of bar, everyone. It's a quintessential song, mm. like, you know, Joy Division's Level Terrace Apart. So, you know, it's just a, it's an anthem of, yeah. of, of, um, of an attitude, you know, and, and youth. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. What have we got next? Well, some uh, somebody who who died in his youth and 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 but also was always more of an old soul, um, Graham Parsons' "Grievous Angel," the album "Grievous Angel," and um, um, just such an interesting, such an interesting sounding guy. And of course, Emmylou Harris is on a lot of this um, uh, record, and Emmylou and um, Emmylou has become a really close friend of the families through the, my mom and my aunt, the McGarrigals. They've sung a lot together. My mother and my aunt, Kate and Anna McGarrigal, um, wrote some songs for Emily Lou Harris that she covered over the years. She basically, she and Linda Ronstadt and, and Dolly Parton put Rufus and I through college because it was wow. through their kind of, interp- and their um, covering of of the McGarrigal songs that, you know, really kind of paid the bills. And, and, um, and, and they've always, uh, Emily was very close to my mom and, and Rufus and I have taken up that relationship, especially in our Christmas shows, where she's the the other co-host. We just did one down in Nashville this year, um, with Alison Krauss and stuff like that. And anyway, so th- just this album is a beautiful, beautiful album. The sound, the love relationship between the two of them is sort of like an I- idyllic. And of course, the most famous track on it, "Love Hurts," which is just, um, uh you know, shockingly beautiful. Yeah, very beautiful. Yeah. Emily Lou Harris is just, oh my God, incredible. She is incredible, you know, and she she kind of looks the same, which is like not right. And um, <laughs> just like, what's going on, you know? And, um, you know, and she hasn't done which, you know, I mean, so... I think it's so hard as a woman in, in, in showbiz to resist cutting up your face basically you mm. know um and to find a way to 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 accept age is really really hard and she's really yeah. done it in the kind of i mean obviously she's extremely beautiful so it's not that hard for her but yeah. <laughs> um you know it's it's just very kind of natural and 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 um very inspiring you know and also um she you know she chose um, she chose her career. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say she chose her career over her children because I don't think that's fair. She's got two wonderful daughters, but she really, um, she's out there. She's work. She works like I've never seen anybody work so yeah, so much. You I get know? that impression. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. Keeps going, you know. Poor Grandpa. I haven't even spoke about him at all. We've just been talking about him alone, but that's okay. No, that's sure, a, he well, mind. no, no, he wouldn't <laughs> mind. He'd be happy for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and he, you know. Um, uh, you know, he was on this record. He's kind of the earth to her air. I find, you know, she's mm-hmm. kind of up here in this ethereal, and he has this kind of intense earth sound. You know. Anyways, this is uh, Graham Parsons and Emily Lou Harris with "Love Hurts." Yeah. 
Okay, so what do we have next? Next and last. Okay, well, next and last. I just saw these guys for the first time um, um, in uh, New York um, at the City Winery. Um, I want to pronounce their name right because it's hard. Xiluris, Xiluris White. Xiluris is a Greek name, and he plays the... Um, the it'll come to me in a minute. The oud, no, it's not the oud. Wait a minute. No, he plays the what is the instrument that that Leonard Cohen has on all of his old records? The balaclava. Um, no, it's a Greek instrument. Hold on, let me see if I can find it on this bit. It's not like a dulcimer or something. Well, it? he yeah, it's like that, but it's not. Anyways, let's just call it what uh, lute. They're calling it a lute. All right, so that's what oh, okay. it is. It's a lute, and he sings, and it's with Jim White. 
on drums and and um, um, Jim White from the Dirty Three, and who's just one of the most talented um, drummers I've ever worked with and seen. I remember the first time I met Jim White, I got a key to Beth Orton's house when she lived over um, on Claremont Square, not far from uh, um, King's Cross. And um, I thought that I had the house to myself. She was on the road, and I and I walked in the door, and, and it's one of those English flats, you know, where you open and it's all stairs, you know, mm-hmm. it's going upwards. And, and uh, there was something in the way of the door, and it was just this bag with all of these clothes, this mess of fucking clothes and crap everywhere. And I was sort of stepped over that and went up the stairs and there was this kind of amazing guy, you know, in his underpants or something with his crazy <laughs> hair, like like kind of looks like, you know, he looks like a Muppet a bit in a beautiful way. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, he's kind of an amazing looking guy and he plays an incredi- an incredibly and he just this kind of wacky guy and I was like, who are you? You know, I said, oh, I'm Jim, you know, and he had, I guess she had um, told us both that we could stay there without realizing it and and then I got to, <laughs> and then I heard him play, you know, and, and saw him, he had, he was playing with Nick Cave at the time and, and, um, and and then and since then I he's played on a couple of my tracks and but anyways I saw these guys and I just really really enjoyed the energy and that kind of intense free energy in music that you don't always get to hear and and this and the, it was so well represented I find in this in this concept of drums mm. with the lute and and the singing rather than you know what you would normally expect from sort of a jammy uh, thing you know yeah. I haven't ever heard that record, but it yeah. sounds It's amazing. just really, really, really fun and yeah, really, cool. really important and free. So who's in your band now? I have this great new band. They're, they're, I hardly know them. I, they're, they're flying in uh, next week um, to do a tour of the UK. And, um, and they're all, like, younger than I am and cute, which is why I like them, you know. <laughs> and they're, like, positive and they don't talk back and they seem, like, eager <laughs> And they're nice, and they have nice skin, and things like that. And I just sort of look at them, going, "Oh, that's sweet." And and they're my <laughs> friends, but I sort of feel motherly towards them as well. And they're the opening band as well, and they have a record out that just came out called Bernice. Mm-hmm. And um, these these hotshot kids from Toronto who are great musicians, who are jazz guys, and sometimes they're a little light in their in their playing because they know too much, and I have to tell them to try and forget all that they know. But um, they're really great. Amazing. Yeah. That sounds very fun to go it on tour fun. with. It's sweet. Youth with youthful skin and. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like upbeat. <laughs> they don't talk back. That's very Maybe important. yet. So far. We've done like five shows. It's great. Do you still enjoy touring? I love it. You know, I, I, I especially love it when I can bring the kids because then it's really fun to kind of fuse these two things, which mm-hmm. is really kind of my goal. I don't know. It's not always possible, you know, and, 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 um, and and I and I'm taking advantage of this time without the children to you know really enjoy room service and <laughs> and sleeping and um, you know adult things and um, um, but uh, when you can bring them on the road and the tour bus and go to parks and go to museums and then do the show and you know it's really kind of a dream come true. Yeah, and great for them, I imagine. It must be so oh, yeah. fun. No, totally. You know, because I, you know, I don't, I don't want to bring them if they're like sitting in some backstage on an iPad or something. No. I'm not really interested in that. It has to be 
sort of, you know, um, enriching, you mm-hmm. know. And when you're going to so many great cities, that's really possible, you know. Yeah. Just go see all the great parks, all the great cities, libraries, you know, just activities that that get you up out of bed. And it also keeps you um, a little more sane because on the road you can get depressed. People get, you know, you can – you're always in a club where there's lots of booze. And, you know, you can just get into a habit of yeah. kind of like – getting shit-faced or, you know, just not healthy. And when yeah. you have the kids around, you're like, okay, got to get up. Like, let's go let's go get breakfast. Let's go walk around. Let's yeah. do It's better, I, I find, for me it is. And kids love hotels. Oh, my God. And they, they can destroy it. the hotel, and then you just leave, <laughs> and you don't have to clean it up. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you for coming in. I'm going to say goodbye before you introduce your last track. But it's been a real pleasure, and you're playing in Rough Tradies tonight, and good yes. luck with your tour. Yeah. And, yeah, thank you so much. And now you can introduce your last track, and then you can say goodbye. Okay. Um, well, the... Um the artist, the artist is Zulis White, and let's go with the title track, Black Peak.
Trades Radio. Yesterday's gone. Little bit of life after death. Available in store and online at roughtrade.com.